BBC's BBC Got Talent, and I did uh, some dad jokes. And um, I found some more. I found some more. And, um, it's not good. Uh, all about coffee. We all love coffee. A chauvinistic husband and his godly wife were preparing to have breakfast, and the wife asked him, what? Why do I always have to make the coffee? The husband answered, well, the chauvinistic husband answered, well, well, it's your job. You're the wife. That's your job to do that. The wife then replied, well, the Bible doesn't say it's the woman's job to, uh, to make the coffee. It's the man's. And the husband sort of went aghast, and he said, uh, he was sort of taken back, and he demanded, where is it in the Bible? And uh, where is it in the Bible that it states that a man should make the coffee? And, uh, well, here it is, the wife said. Hebrews. <laughs> Don't laugh. Don't laugh, you're encouraging. Don't laugh. I've got, like, you should see, I've got three. <laughs> yeah, it's just puns. Come Don't encourage him. For the next instalment. <laughs> All right. Let me read. Uh, let's get serious. Let's pray, shall we? Mm. After that joke. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for that joke. Um, Father, we release your blessing. Thank you for this amazing opportunity. And uh, for many of us who come far or come near, we, we release a blessing. And uh, we bless Hannah. We prefer her today. As she represents so many people making that, that decision of the power decision of the inner change. We, we bless her. Okay, Mark 1. I'm sorry, the words aren't going to come on the screen, but um, if you have some Bibles at the back, you'll find on the iPhone. Uh, there are other, other phones ready. Um, Mark chapter 1. John the Baptist prepares the way. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. Says, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt wrapped around his waist. And he ate locust and wild honey. Come to our newcomer's lunch today. <laughs> <laughs> Verse 7. And this was his message. After, he, after me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven and it said, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. 
At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with our wild animals and angels again. And so it goes on, goes on. It's a fantastic book. If, uh, if you've never read a book in the Bible, Mark is a really, really great start. These kind of short, powerful, snappy stories. And uh, I love this particular passage in, in Mark 1. I particularly, it gives me hope. Like the wife said to the husband, he broods. I, I can prove in scripture that God is from South London. <laughs> okay, okay. It says, God, uh, and the voice came from heaven. And it said, you are my son, whom I am loved, with you I am well pleased. Not the South Londoner. God loves London. Um, so the word baptism, the word baptism, the Greek word, baptizer, it means to plunge, to emerge, or to dip. And the context biblically is that it's always that people were baptized in water. And not near, near water or by water or sprinkled. The implication was that the person was to be immersed in water rather than having it sort of sprinkled or poured over them. And so for the last 2,000 years, the church has continued to do the stuff that Jesus did. And one thing about Jesus, he was very clear about baptism. He told his disciples to train people in the ways of his kingdom to go not Pokemon Go and make disciples, but go and make disciples. And the act of uh, water baptism was to mark their involvement in mission. Was to mark their involvement in partnering with what Jesus did, and then to help others. And so then we have Matthew 28, 12. So Jesus, Jesus said, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded, commanded you. So Hannah today is being a faithful disciple and following what Jesus has commanded her to do. It's amazing. But also he set an example about baptism. When all, in Luke, it talks about when all the people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too. And so as followers of Jesus, we continue to baptise, to be baptised, and baptise one another. Um, and baptism is this powerful symbolic event and it just provides a great opportunity to think carefully your decision to follow, follow Jesus and there's different actions and, and that represent symbols and almost what's happening as people get baptised and so as they enter the water it's this symbol like Jesus where he died on the cross it's almost like as people enter the water, they're leaving the past behind. They're choosing to follow Jesus and saying, what's in the past is in the past. I'm not going to let that sort of stick on me anymore. I'm, I'm walking into the water. And as they're sort of dipped or dumped or plunged in the water, immersed in the water, it's this idea that we are uh, symbolically doing, so Jesus, he was buried. He went underground. And he, he went into death and defeated death. And as we go down and emerge, it's almost like that symbol of burial, like Jesus did. And we're saying we're burying our old life away. We're putting our past in the past. We're burying it, putting it away forever, never to be sort of dug up again. 
And then as, as we come out of the water, just like Jesus, he was resurrected. He came out, he conquered death, and he was resurrected again. And as Hannah, as we're going to see her, it's like as she comes up, she's been born again into new life. A life of faith and by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to get an opportunity to, to pray for Hannah to receive again the Holy Spirit. Now it doesn't, biblically, it doesn't matter which way round, whether you receive the Holy Spirit before baptism or receive the Holy Spirit after baptism. Biblically, if you look at the book of Acts, there's numerous occasions where people were baptised in the Holy Spirit, then got baptised in water, and then other people, they received the Holy Spirit the other way around. But it's this sign, baptism is this powerful sign that we choose to live under the rule and the reign of the kingdom of God. And then as we come out, it's almost like we're being united with Christ, united with the church part of the body of Christ, as we get to pray for Hannah, as we begin to speak life and prophesy life over Hannah, we do that as a church community. It's a baptism, just like Jesus. He was baptised with people. We get baptised in, in the church community. And uh, what some people say, do we, how long should we keep that person <laughs> under the water? <laughs> Have you paid your tithes? <laughs> yes? <laughs> or if someone's, if someone's had a sort of a, an interesting past, should they stay under for a few more seconds? <laughs> get that, get that washed off. Uh, yesterday, I, uh, I pressure washed my back deck, and it's amazing. It's grubby and dirty, but the power of water just to clean the way, and it looked like a new token new deck. And uh, it was amazing. But just this simple act I did yesterday, I was thinking about like, how the water is just a symbol. It's just a symbol. Um, it doesn't mean that if you're not baptized, you won't get to heaven. You see that, that the jail, that the, the, the person who was with Jesus at the cross. I don't know if you know that story. And Jesus tells him, today you'll be with me in paradise. He probably wasn't baptised. He was kind of nailed to a tree. He wasn't baptised, but Jesus said, you come, you come. You, you're today with me with paradise. But what baptism is, it's, it's a, this inward decision, uh, and it represents this outward, an outward uh, symbol of what's happening on the, on the inside. Uh, so we're encouraging people just to get baptised. Um, in the olden in sort of medieval time, times, they introduced sort of infant baptisms because of infant mortality rates where, you know, the, the, the parents were scared that their children weren't going to get to heaven. So it was this kind of tradition that we had to baptise our, our children. And so that model has taken, taken place throughout, throughout, the, throughout the world. But biblically, baptism always happens after the decision to follow Christ. Uh, and as soon as possible. So if you've made a decision to follow Christ, get baptised. Uh, it's one of the commandments. If, you, if you've decided to follow Jesus for yourself, we really recommend you get baptised. So um, there's a space for you if, uh, if you'd like to get baptised. Okay. So. Uh, 
uh, why don't you welcome Hannah? Um, 